Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. Okay, so welcome to our new series on famines in the Bible. Today we will tackle or we will cover part two, famine in the time of Isaac. Now this is very important. Uh, We have a lot to learn from this. Okay, but before that, uh, let's do a brief review from our La- from last week, okay? So last week, we gave you some definitions of famine. Number one, a famine of physical food, meaning to say scarcity of food or food shortage, okay? Uh, number two, a famine of spiritual food, which we will be discussing uh, one of these days, okay? Uh, number three, a famine caused by disobeying God. So this famine is uh, a result of disobedience, okay? Or uh, what we call not following instructions, all right? So that's, uh, we, we read that in Deuteronomy. Now, number four uh, definition, we have uh, war famine, okay? Uh, war famines. Uh, uh, do we... Do we have those in the Bible? Yeah. It's a local or city-wide famine caused by enemy sieges. Sieges. Okay, for example, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon sealed off Jerusalem with his surrounding army for years until the city ran out of food. Okay, that's in uh, 2 Kings 25. Or like the story of Masada in in Israel, you know, uh, the Roman soldiers cut off their food supply, you know, the same thing, okay? And uh, this is one of the painful stories that we heard when we were in uh, Israel. But the thing is that uh, this is a man-made famine. Oh, by the way, uh, the world right now is at war. Okay, so we know uh, when you open social media, uh, check the news, even in YouTube, you know, mainstream media, they are featuring the uh, day-to-day updates on the war between Russia and Ukraine. Will that cause famine? Of course. There will be a lot of places in Ukraine where people, you know, do not have food. That's why the other countries are, you know, bringing in uh, supplies, (laughs) food supplies too. Because uh, naturally, uh, the economy, the everything, that includes agriculture, okay? Food production in Ukraine is going to be stopped because of the war. Okay, so war, I mean famine, is one of the effects of war. Okay, number five, uh, our fifth definition for famine is that famine were used as judgment in the Old Testament to display the severity of the people's sin 
and to bring them to repentance. So the, the goal of this famine is to discipline God's people so that, you know, we, through their pain, it will lead them to repentance. But again, like what we said or like what we told you, not all famines are a result of God's judgment. Okay? So remember that. Not all. Uh, number six, uh, the famine, uh, the future famine, okay, written or mentioned in Revelation chapter six. So, and this is the reason why we would like to uh, build a foundation concerning famines, because what you know, what we're seeing is that there is a pattern of events going on right now, and in line. To Bible prophecies, and so I believe uh, this series is just timely. But although this is not really happening now, but we're starting to feel it. You know, if you are aware, yesterday the Houthis, you know, they they yeah in Saudi uh, Aramco, Aramco, the biggest supplier of crude oil in the world, was bombed. Things like that. So what is the effect? Okay, so we know that uh, when this pandemic started, the economy was, you know, going down. And then today we have wars. What will happen? Will it go up, the economy? No, it will continue to go down. You just apply uh, common sense. Okay, so you know, you know the possibilities. All right, so, so today uh, we, we need to study... Famines in the Bible. This is, I believe, uh, an important topic because we want people to prepare. Remember our goal. Remember we have a goal. That goal is the same with the goal that we have with Re our Revelation series. Okay? And what is that goal? To prepare God's people. That is our goal. So, in our study, we want to know what can we learn from the famines in the Bible? What did they do to survive at the time of famine? Uh, will there be a famine sometime in the future? If there is, then what can we do to survive that global famine? Okay, so... That is the reason why we are doing this series. Now, last week, what did we learn from our previous topic? You know, the, the famine uh, in the time of uh, Abraham. What did we learn? We learned, okay, number one, we learned that Abraham went to where? Egypt during that famine because of the Nile River that courses through throughout the land. That's why uh, there is... An abundant supply of water in Egypt. That's why uh, Abraham had no choice. You know, he thought, uh, you know, they would survive in Egypt. Number two, we also read or we also learned that in times of famine, one of the many things we must secure first is H2O or water. Okay, number three, Abraham learned how to do livestock farming. <laughs> okay, so on and so forth. So, but number four, most of all, Abraham was known 
as the altar builder. Why? Because everywhere he went, okay, he builds an altar because he was a worshiper of Yahweh. He worships God, honors God, pay respect to God everywhere he goes. And so wisdom, blessings, and favor flows. Okay? And we know that wisdom, favor comes from God. And that is what we need. Okay? We need favor from God. Okay? So today, we're going to continue. We are now on part two. Okay? Famine in the time of Isaac. Now, I believe uh, you're excited to learn something. Then open your Bible or open your Bible app. Okay, any version will do. And let's read the story so we can see the big picture first before we try to analyze and discuss some portions of, in the story to learn something, to learn what we can learn, what can be learned from that uh, story. So, are you ready? Today, we will read Genesis chapter 26. Uh, it's easy to find because uh, it's the first book in the Bible. Verses 1 to 18 only, alright? Verse 1, it says, Now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. So you see, this is the continuation of the famine that we, you know, discussed last week. So it says, And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Verse 3, stay in this land for a while. So, meaning the Lord told Isaac to stay in Gerar, in Abimelech's place. Okay, King Abimelech's place. And the Lord said, stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Now, synonymous to what we read when God gave Abraham the promise. Verse 5 says, Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Okay, verse 7, When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, Oh, she's my sister. Because he was afraid to say, She's my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebecca because she is beautiful. <laughs> Familiar, right? <laughs> it's the same same with, you know, with his father Abraham. Okay? Abraham. So same. Verse 8 says when Isaac had been there a long time, okay, Abimelech king of the Philistines looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife Rebekah. 
So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered the king, Because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech, then King Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. Good thing is that this king <laughs> is aware of sin. Okay, what is right and what is wrong. So this king is uh, conscious that there is a God. So this is good. Now, 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 verse 11 says, So Abimelech gave orders to all people, Anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Why did the king give that order? Because Isaac said, I lied. <laughs> I said she's my sister because Isaac was afraid that the men might kill him for on the account of his wife and that is why the king said no one touches this man and this woman okay so now uh, he, he has a sort of uh, uh, peace and security <laughs> in that place in Gerar so now verse 12 okay very interesting verse 12 says Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Wow, a hundredfold or meaning to say 100 times in one year. I said, well, how, how can that happen? Okay, so I mean, nothing is impossible with God. Remember, he planted crops. And on the same year, reap a hundredfold. So that is times 100. Every crop times 100. Whoa, <laughs> that's a lot. Okay. So the Bible says, because the Lord blessed him. You see, again, friends, ladies and gentlemen, what we really need, you know, not just in times of famine, even today, is God's favor. Okay, so if there's something you, you know, you want to seek, to search, to acquire, to obtain above everything else, that is God's favor. Okay, you acknowledge God. That, that, that's the secret of Abraham. Remember, Abraham, wherever he goes, he went from one place to another, but he built an altar to worship God. He offers sacrifices to God, honors God. So that is the secret, okay? God is the secret. <laughs> Your relationship with God is the secret, you know? If you do not have relationship with the God who controls famines, then you're doomed. You have the right to panic. You have the right to be worried about many things. Why? Because you don't have relationship with the God who can control your circumstances. Going back, verse 13 the man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Wow. So how, how will you compute or somehow, um, how do we get an idea how successful or how fast his business grew? Okay. Just read verse 12. In one year, 100-fold. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> 
Okay, let's finish this. Verse 14 says, He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Of course, he will need a lot of workers, you know, to take care of the flocks, you know. So, so he had a lot of herders, you know, goat herders, you know, things like that. Okay. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. You know? <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss that later. Let's, let's just continue this. Verse 16 says, Then King Abimelech said to Isaac, Move away from us. Okay? You have become too powerful for us. <laughs> Now, verse 17 says, So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. Verse 18, the last verse for this uh, topic, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. So imagine how many cattle you have. You know, you have a huge farm, you know, filled with crops. And uh, you need a lot of wells, as many. And that is why, uh, like I said, water is very important. It's time to discuss. Let's go back to um, Genesis 26 to verse 1. Okay, again, there was a famine in the land. Besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech king of the Philistines in Gerar. So does God allow famines? Yeah, he does. Okay, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, hey, do not go down to Egypt. Why? Because most probably, just like his father, you know, went to Egypt. But this time God said, hey, 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 don't go to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. So it's very important to know where God is leading us in this time. Okay? Don't just travel here and there without peace, shalom from God. Because it's very important not to waste our time, but instead know where the Lord is leading us. Because where God leads he will bless. He will provide. Okay? Verse 3 says, Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and will what? Bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. Uh, why did God chose and swore an oath to his father Abraham? Because God knew the hearts of men. It's not a coincidence that, you know, God called Abram. I believe there's a certain part of his DNA that really reveres God and obeys God. And, and you can see from the works, from the life of Abraham, he is a worshiper of God. He loves God. He does everything for the glory of God. He's not a selfish man. That is who Abraham is. And no wonder God would choose such a person but we know god is god and god knows the future and god knows everything so what can we say anyway verse 5 says because abraham obeyed me says the lord and did everything i required of him so god is from time to time 
you know, allowing all the testings, you know, trials, see how we react or respond. But you see, Abraham, despite all the trials, the famine that they faced during their time, what did he do? He honored God. He continued to worship God. Okay. Verse 6. So, Isaac stayed in Gerar. So, just like his father, he obeyed God's instructions. So, you see, both Abraham and Isaac obeyed God, respected God as God. Okay? Not their equal. There are people, especially nowadays in our generation, that talks to God, that treats God, that live their lives as though God's Word is not important. They don't revere the Word of God. They just treat God like they're equal. They talk uh, with disrespect. They see God, they view God as another person. It's like a human being. I'm sad for them. I fear for them because judgment day is coming and they will realize how big God is and how powerful He is and how sovereign He is. And He is the Almighty God, worthy of our respect. But look, people don't respect God nowadays. Not all, but even in the Christian community, they don't respect God. But Abraham and Isaac, they look up to God. You know, they don't elevate themselves equal with God. And that is why it says, the obedience of Abraham and of Isaac brought honor to God. And, and God, in return, honored them with favor or confirmed the oath that he has given to Abraham, you know, during the time of Isaac. Why is that? Because, you know, God is blessed. They, they have God's favor. That's why I said, what we need today is God's favor in the midst of, you know, the season of uh, beginning of sorrows. You know, that's what the Lord Jesus Christ prophesied. You know, this is the beginning of sorrows. When you see all these signs, you know, read Matthew 24, Luke chapter 21, Mark chapter 13. You see, these are the signs, you see, that points to the beginning of sorrows. But this is not the end yet. And so we're seeing all of this happening in our days. The Bible says in the last days, you know, children will be disobedient to their parents, you know, things like that. And it's happening because, you know, generally speaking, Christians of today forget the basics. What's the basics? Hear and obey. Bible says go to church, you know, fellowship with your brethren. They don't go to church. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about people who cannot go to church because health-wise, medically, they're, they're not capable. Or anyway, you know what I meant, okay? There are people, there are Christians who can, okay, who can go to church, but they don't, they don't want to go to church. But they, they don't understand that the Word, the, the Lord instructs His people to come together. Okay, because that is the design of the church. You cannot be a lone ranger. So today, in, in, we live in a generation of entitlement. Entitlement is perhaps the top word associated with the millennial generation. And uh, millennials have an arrogant uh, sense of uh, entitlement in general. They think they're entitled to do whatever they want because it's their body. 
they can do whatever they want. They are entitled. They, they believe they have the right. Uh, they, so they can decide what gender they choose for themselves to that level right now. Meaning they can live their lives the way they want to live it. Even if it violates the will of God, they're not concerned about this. And a lot of politicians are against pastors, against churches, because for them, the pastors, the churches, they discriminate people who want to change the, the way God designed them to be. You know, they try to work around it and explain how, you know, the, the science of this and that. But you know what? You cannot discredit or, or ignore the truth or God. Because the point is, it's not the pastors that are against all the abominations that man is doing. It's not the fault of the pastors or the churches or Christianity that says that is not right. Because it's not us. It is Him. God is the higher government. His government is above all the governments of this world. And He's gonna come again one day. So fear God, friends. Fear God, everyone. I'm telling you, now going back to Abraham and Isaac, before God, they don't feel they, are, they have entitlement. That's the difference. In today's generation, they are into entitlements. They feel they are God. They, they can do what they want for themselves. They can live the way they want to live it. That's why people don't experience God's presence these days. Because they live outside of God's will. But to Abraham and Isaac, you know, it's different. They have no rights before God. Okay, They're, that's their mindset. Okay, it's establishing the sovereignty of God, okay? It's acknowledging the jurisdiction of God over His creation. They realize that they are God's created beings and He is the creator. That's why God deserves all the honor and the respect. That's why Abraham worships the Lord and he builds altar everywhere he went, you know? So he erects an, an altar and offers sacrifice to the Lord. Why? Because he respects God as God. But in today's generation, it, it, you know, it's not like that. They don't respect God. They don't respect the Bible. They talk as though God is like, is like man, that you know, is like their equal. And so, friends, ladies and gentlemen, that is an issue that you must understand why God is with Abraham, why God is with Isaac, how, why God's favor is with them, and that God supplied their needs even in the midst of famine. Okay? Let's skip the she's my sister thing, okay? So, you know the story, okay? Just like what happened to Abraham. But let's go to verse 12. We need to understand what did Isaac do during those days of famine. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. So I don't believe that Abraham could reap a hundredfold without God blessing him. 
And mind you, friends, because nowadays we have this mindset that we cannot be successful in farming. Today, huh? that we cannot be successful in farming without good fertilizer, without pesticides, without, you know, uh, things like that. No progress and, you know, things like that. We, we need this. We need to buy. But the problem is, what if the famine, you know, there's a famine of global crisis on economy, on energy, on fertilizers. So what will you do if the supplies for fertilizer is also cut off? So you stop farming. Listen up, friends. All the big companies that are supplying fertilizers today does not exist during the time of Isaac and Abraham. So what do they have? God. Huh? What did God do? Gave them wisdom. What to do. Wisdom. They have God. They worship God. God gave them wisdom and God prospered them. Because God is the creator. You know, he can give them wisdom how to treat the plants, how to do this, how to fertilize the soil, the plants. And so, God blessed them. They flourished. The, 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 the sad thing is that it's not written in the Bible. The details, you know, you know how, how this and that. Maybe they don't have the science for that before, but they have God. They have God. So friends, don't be so dependent on fertilizers. You know, we cannot plant because or unless we have a, a, a sure supply of fertilizers, a sure supply of this and that. Listen, no matter how high-tech the technology today, I will tell you, you need God first. Number one, you need God in your life. Without this relationship with God in your life, I tell you, you may prosper a little, Sometime and then business goes down and then you're closed. But if you have God with you, look, let's read in verse 13. The man be or Isaac became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Continued to grow. I mean, it's, it's growing and growing and growing. Keeps on growing. And it says, he had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. And so what did the, 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 the Philistines uh, do? They covered the well with soil, with dirt, so that Isaac can no longer use them. So friends, ladies and gentlemen, God is the answer. God is the key. For us, our relationship with God, our ongoing relationship with God matters the most. Yeah. It matters the most. Uh, let me tell you this. Kirk Cameron said, there is nothing more important than your eternal salvation. And let me tell you this. Because we want to establish a relationship with God first. Okay, before you can say, oh, this is what I will do so I can also be like this. I can also be successful like Abraham, like Isaac. No. We're not after money. We're not after millions. We're not after that. But we're after God's favor. Remember that. God's favor. I was a businessman too. 
before and and i was earning a lot there came a point where really i I don't know how to spend money so i just waste it and and go here you know drive anywhere and until the lord called me to do full-time ministry again and so i i quit on business and they said you're 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 crazy why did you do that you know i mean you're earning this much in business and then why i said god said i will obey that's why i'm telling you i am not in ministry to enrich myself because if i want to be rich i will not be in the ministry but i can be rich in the ministry if i will steal money from the church from the lord but i will not do that i will never ever do that integrity for me is very important why would I lose all the, the things I did to serve my Lord and just blow it up in the air by committing sin? The sin of stealing money. No, because I am in ministry not to enrich myself financially. I am in ministry because God called me to be here because I love God. And that is why I'm here talking to you right now because we want you to know. And that's why we're challenging you to give, to support, to give, to missions. Because that is our work. We cannot be in one place. Like for instance, we cannot be in Israel. But if you support the ministry in Israel, if you support the ministry in other places, then it is as though you're there also supporting, working there, although you're staying at home. So as you support the church, you're supporting the works of the Lord. If you give your tithes and offering, you're supporting the works of the Lord and God's workers and God's, you know, everything else, right? I know in this time of pandemic, uh, a lot of us are, for the most of our time, we're just, you know, at home doing online work and doing things like that. But the thing is this, remember the works of the Lord and that will be reviewed one day. Let's, uh, let's continue. So the Philistines had filled them up, the, the wells, because they what? Envied Isaac. For what reason? Why would they envy Isaac? Okay, we read in verse 13 to 14 that the man began to prosper and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous, very wealthy. Okay, it says he had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Now, how did he become very rich? Because what? The Lord blessed him. Okay, again, we need God's favor. Let's just, uh, for the sake of discussion, okay? What if as soon as Isaac arrived in Gerar, what if he searched for a job or part-time work? What do you think? Will he find one? Maybe. He's a man of skills and, you know, he knows. He grew up discipled by his father. (laughs) But if he finds one, will he be rich? Of course, why not? Since God is with him, he will since God will bless the works of his hands, so he can be wealthy also. Okay? But not as rich as verse 13 and 14, right? Because if he is employed, he cannot be richer or wealthier than his employer. As a worker, you cannot be wealthier than, than the owner of the company, right? So if he's working for King Abimelech, then he cannot be wealthier than the king. But again, read verse 16. Verse 16 says, 
Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Move away from us, for you have become too powerful for us. Meaning to say, he is wealthier than the king. <laughs> he is more, you know, he's got influence than the king. Okay? So Abimelech sent Isaac away. Okay? Why would a king remove an asset from his kingdom? Isaac became a threat. Okay? He, his influence grew and he can dominate the market. Okay? Remember, in one year, 100 times over. Okay? So imagine if you, he has a great number of goats and sheep and, and cows and, you know, and times 100 every year. Wow! So you can actually dominate the market or bring down the business of others. Okay? His family holds the biggest production in that city. So the king sent him away. And so Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar. And then he reopened the wells. So Isaac dug the wells again, which they had dug in the days of his father Abraham. Abraham built altars wherever he went and dug wells, meaning to say, uh, if you see a well dug by Abraham, you will see an altar somewhere, okay? <laughs> so, why dug old and covered wells? It's already covered by, by the, the Philistines covered it with soil. So, what do you do? Why would you dug again? So, because his flocks, his herds, his, his uh, husbandry, okay? <laughs> As a husbandry, to take care of your animals, you have to secure water. Because water is very important. Therefore, water must be what? Secured first. Now, remember this. Plants, animals, your workers, your family, everyone, all need water. So, securing water is the first step to sustainability. So, that's the word sustainability because you can plant sure you can plant you can do animal husbandry you can do animal farming but if there is no water <laughs> all your projects okay all your animals your livestock will all come to nothing they will all die they will not strive without water so the idea of digging wells it's a biblical idea. In the Bible, wells were so important, especially in times of famine. So what more can we learn from the famine in the time of Isaac? When the wells are covered, when the wells are filled with soil, what do you do? Dig it again. <laughs> Dig again. <laughs> Keep digging. and you know. So for our application, for our spiritual application, Christianity today is filled with the things of this world. That is why the generation right now, we live in a generation of entitlements. Like a well covered with dirt, covered with soil. The devil and the, his wicked people created a lot of diversions to keep us away to take our attention from God. That's why most of the people today do not have time with God. You know, do not consider the Bible important. Do not respect God as God. Because they are 
into other things. They are into the the world, <laughs> the things of this world. They're, they're, they're so busy with fleeting things. They're so busy about the things that don't matter to God, things that don't matter to eternity, things that is a waste of time. Look how many games, how many new games and versions, you know, every week. There's a lot, you know, a lot of excitements, a lot of things to do. But at the end of the day, you realize you have not, uh, you've done nothing. You have accomplished nothing. You just wasted the day playing games. Okay, I wish I have extra time because you know what? The truth is, I sleep when, when I'm really tired and my eyes are closing. It's because, you know, I want to study more. I want to learn more. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I have little strength. We are called to prepare God's people. Friends, ladies and gentlemen, it's better to be prepared than sorry. That is why I want you to, to see that picture that the world today is full of entertainments. Full of entertainments. The goal is, dig again. The wells that the, the enemy, that the devil, that this world has closed, dig again. Dig it up. Dig it up. When I say dig it up, remove the soil. Remove the dirt. Unload. Remove the worldly things in your life. Surrender. Repent. Take away the things that will hinder you from coming to God. Remove it. Remove it. You know, I like the song of Don Moen. Take me deeper. Deeper in love with you. You see, you have to go deeper with God. Deeper with God. But to go deeper with God, you have to you need to remove all the soil that the enemy put in to block your way to intimacy with God. Yeah. Th these are the wells in your heart. Because the enemy is afraid that you fall in love with God. Because when Christians fall in love with God, the enemy is terrified. You know why? Because just like uh, Mike Bailey, you know, he said, he told us in one of the services where, when, where we invited him, I cannot forget this topic, when he said, Satan, the devil is afraid when Christians study the word of God. You know why? Because he knows that when you study the word of God, you will obey God. That's true. If you don't read the word of God, you don't dig in the word of God, you don't search the truth, you don't, you know, you don't do that, you know, then the enemy has more advantage because he can deceive you. But if, you know, you, you read the word of God, if you fall in love with God, you know what will happen? If you understand the word of God, then you will obey God. If you obey God, the devil cannot trick you. The devil cannot deceive you. The devil cannot do anything to harm you. Because he, he knows that you are in uh, the right place. You are doing the right thing. And you are doing things for for the glory of god and that you will bear fruit and you will be successful in what you do because god is with you because you honor god because you obey god so the devil is afraid when we start to go deeper with god go deeper in the word of god because the moment 
you understand the Word of God, the more you study the Word of God, the more grounded you are in the Word of God, you will obey God. Let me uh, finish with one chapter. Proverbs chapter 2 says, My son, if you accept my words, this is wisdom speaking. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. So you have to dig. Dig in the dirt. Dig in the soil. Look for treasure. He said, if you look for God's wisdom, for God's words, if you want His, uh, if you want understanding, okay? If you turn your ear to wisdom, if you call out for insight, if you look for it, as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, verse 5. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So first, what is wisdom? <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, okay? Verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From who comes wisdom? From the Lord. The Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. That's why they are successful in what they do in their business. Because God's favor is with them. Because they ask wisdom. Because they are in partnership with God. They're close with God. Right? He holds success in store for the upright. He is the shield to those whose walk is blameless. Verse 8. He guards. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. Wisdom. For wisdom will enter your heart, verse 10, and knowledge will be pleasant to your what? To your soul. Discretion will what? Protect you. And understanding will guard you. So, can you see? This is, you know, this is what will happen to you once you apply the secret of Abraham, what is the secret of Abraham? He worships Yahweh. Okay, wherever he goes, he builds an altar and worship God there, honor God, and God gives him wisdom, and he knows what to do next. What's next? What's next? What's next? Worship God first. If if you're not right with God, you know, get right with God first. If you don't have relationship with God, you must be born again. You know, Jesus said, John chapter 3, verse 7, he told Nicodemus, the priest Nicodemus, he said to him, he told Nicodemus, do not be surprised if I tell you, you must be born again. Because this is how we connect with God nowadays. Because of sin, we are, we've been separated from God. And to be reconciled to God, you need to understand the gospel of Christ. How Jesus atoned our sins. And if you believe that, your sins are forgiven also. But the condition is this. You must come under the Lordship of Christ. If you do not belong to Christ, 
you are not a benefactor of forgiveness. If you do not belong to Christ, you are not a benefactor of salvation. Because only those who will come under the lordship of Christ, the authority of Christ, those who will submit, those who will commit their lives under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay, gets the benefit of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Jesus became sin for us. You know, He nailed our sin in the cross. He, he, he was our representative, you know, in that cross. He died for us in our place. It's, it was, that's why it's called substitutionary death on the cross. Instead of us, He did it for us. The only thing we need to do now is believe. Repent from our sins. Okay, turn away from sin and follow Him. Believe in Him. Confess that Jesus is Lord. That's why, friends, it's not about religion. You must be born again. That's the first stage. You must have an ongoing relationship with God. You must be born again. If you want to know more, just send us a message. You know, send me a message, a personal message. Say, I want to be born again. What should I do? Okay, what do I need to learn? What do I need to know? You know, and how will I respond so I can come to life and obtain eternal life? I tell you, He will change your life and set you free from the power of sin. Because as a Christian, sin is an option. If you're not a Christian, sin is an obligation. You're obliged to do sin because you're not a Christian. But if you're a Christian, if you're a true Christian, then you have an option to sin or not sin. So you must realize, but, but if you think that, you know, oh, I cannot get away with sin, I'm always, I, I always end up with sin, maybe you're not a Christian because you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in you to say no to sin. You must understand that. So you see here in Proverbs chapter 2, that's our spiritual application. You have to dig. You have to read the Word of God. And for you who just, you know, came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, I encourage you to read the book of John. Book of John. It's like everything is in the book of John. <laughs> okay? Everything you need to know to build your faith is in the book of John. Okay? So, friends, I believe uh, you've learned a lot today. Thank you for joining us today. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to Facebook.com slash MFCDVO or search for Maranatha Family Church Davao on Facebook where we also stream our church services. Again, that's Facebook.com slash MFCDVO. God bless.